0: Hi, I'm Joe. I'm Mike. We host the Cinescape Magazine Podcast and a couple of Average Joes. You
1: can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, wherever your favorite podcast app is.
0: And make sure to tell your friends and family and search for Cinescape Magazine Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile I don't 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 Alright let's do it Go What the fuck was that go? Welcome to our flicks of the week. I am Mr Joe Spiegel Mike Sutherland brought to you by Cinescape magazine I I don't know whose laugh that was, but there we go. All right. So this week, Mike and I are going to talk about um, my flick, which is going to be the Netflix original film, Wheelman, starring Frank Grillo. All right. I will be talking about Stranger Things season one. Wow. That is so amazing. Amazing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I don't know if we got any news uh, or we'll save news for next week. I don't know. We can do
1: some news. There's obviously a couple of things we should talk about. The Brian Singer thing. Like the Infinity news War.
0: Thing. We could talk about the you Infinity War. We could talk about the Infinity War, yes. Yes, it was amazing. I give it uh, two paws up. I give it, um, it's okay. <laughs> With a couple talons. Yeah, it's, uh, there's nothing special about it. <laughs> me, it was the opposite. I, really? Yeah. I. It gave me fanboy boner, dude. Really? Yeah. It did. Straight up. I... Especially when it showed all of them in Wakanda running towards the camera in slow motion, and it just, it's just that straight up. Well, it's giving you what you want, man. It's that fucking superhero shit. Man. We'll get into it. All right, yeah. All right. God damn. Man. I think you're spoiled by fucking. Oh, oh hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm spoiled
1: by I'm spoiled by that because yes, it's it was the same shit that they've been showing for the last year. It's the same shit. Oh, that, that, that been that's for the last your okay.
0: Year. I I get it. I get it. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm okay. I get it. All right. Um, okay. Well, I was thinking because you know because we got to do another flick of the week soon anyway, so I was thinking we could do some of that extra shit or say, I mean, half the shit we got to talk about should be on a compelled anyway, right? So, uh, <laughs> anyway, mine is the Netflix original, uh, Wheelman. Just came out um in the last month, I believe. Uh, stars Frank Grillo, who you know everyone knows Frank Grillo from the last two Purge movies and playing Crossbones, and uh. The Marvel Universe. Uh, this movie is about uh, Grillo's character. He he's called his, his name just for the entire film is Wheelman. No one ever calls him by his name. Uh, well, shit. What? Well, shit. What? Never mind. I wanted to talk about something else before we got into this. Oh, um, well, I'm, this review is not going to be that long anyway. Okay. Do you All think? Right. All right. So he plays Wheelman. Right. right. He plays Wheelman. Nobody ever calls him and, by his real name. Yeah. And by from start to finish. This entire film is done inside with a camera either inside of the car that he's driving or it's on the outside of the car looking in, the the entire film. There's only like two scenes where the camera is going with a character instead and the scene is maybe a minute or less. So 98% of this movie is inside the car, which is really cool perspective on it. Um, Anyway... um, Grillo's character is—he's just—he's uh, been out of prison for a year for whatever. They don't really specify on that, and he's got a daughter who he shares custody with, his, you know, his ex-wife and all this stuff. Well, he's—he's um, got to pay off this uh, this group of people from Philadelphia or from uh, shit. I can he has got—he's got to pay off these people that he, they owes money to. All right, anyway. And the the reason why he owes the money is because they protected his family while he was in prison for whatever. So um, he's honoring his his debt to them by tr- by doing all this driving for you know like picking up being a wheelman for you know bank robberies and shit like that, right? So he's doing this job and it's through a friend of his, um, a friend of his named Clay, played by Garrett Dillahunt, who you can look him up. I don't feel like describing the guy to you. Um, and almost everyone in the movie is it's like that Lock movie with uh, Tom Hardy where the entire thing's in the car and, you, and it's just the entire thing is just him on the phone. This is almost like that as well. Now, I mean, there's action that will happen on the outside of the car, but m- a lot of it is by phone conversations. So, well, you know, there are scenes where Grillo picks up some bank robbers and he takes them to a bank and then he gets this phone call by this guy saying, no, you're going to have to leave them once they put the money in the trunk, drive off without them because they're going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And... He's got to, you know, he's got to make these quick decisions on what the fuck he's got to do. And it's just the whole movie is this nonstop action phone call, race, avoid being shot like at. Like a better version of Getaway? Yeah. Yes, definitely. And then, uh, or his daughter, his 13 year old daughter, who's <coughs> just like him. And she, you know, he taught her a bunch of stuff growing up so she could be strong and independent on her own. Well, she's giving him shit because he's not home watching her, so she's got this this like seventeen or eighteen year old boy watching um, boyfriend with her and he's gotta deal with this shit while he's trying to also do this, you know, there's this double cross and all this stuff that happens with the driving. And so he's juggling all this shit, right? And he's always oh, he's got the money. He's gotta, who's, well, who's gotta take the money to? And he's, life's being threatened. He's got a phone call here with Clay. He's got a phone call with the guy that's trying to rip everybody off. And then he's got the phone call with the people he owes money to. It's just constant. Right. So it's just really, it's a really entertaining movie. I mean, the, the movie's just constant, you know, fuck, 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 fuck. But that's, I mean, that goes with the tension of the scene, right? Right. <clears throat> but no, it's, um, it's entertaining. It, it has a few funny moments. Um, the action is really cool and I love the fact that the camera stays with the car the whole entire film so um, uh, there is a part where he picks up the two bank robbers at the beginning and one of them is played by Shea Wiggum who I, we see him in everything now he, he played the dad in Death Note <coughs> he was the guy talking about an unconventional encounter in uh, Kong Skull Island, right. Skull Island right and uh, yeah, anyway I like Shea Wiggum and he's, he's, a, he's a really good actor <coughs> but um, I I I would probably give this movie for how quick it gets to the point and everything, and it's just eighty two minutes long, like seventy eight minutes before end credits. Uh, I, I would say I give the movie about a seven. You know, it, it was it it got to the point and it didn't over embellish on anything. It just told a quick story and was in and out with it. So uh, I really like Wheelman. Man. It's uh, currently got an eighty eight percent approval rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And once again, Wheel Man. All right. Um- real quick i wanted to do this at the
1: beginning of the podcast but whatever um we we reviewed a trailer a while uh, a couple of episodes back or last episode called wild cards and and it's done by um a friend of mine and his friends the broke college kids and it's going to be a seven part series and they're not long episodes probably going to be maybe an hour the first episode's out. It's probably, t- I think it's about 10 or 15 minutes. I only watched a few, a few minutes of it. But it's, it's an involved show. You have to watch it. Um, the first impressions are uh, the guy that we call Joe Camel, who actually has a pretty good, they, they, as Colby was telling me, that they make fun of him as well. Oh, do they? try not to make fun of him because of his nose. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to call him Joe Shotgun. And the reason why I'm All calling right. him Joe Shotgun is is obvious. When you watch the show, he he's the guy that has the shotgun. Yeah. And then you have then you have the other character who plays his friend, who I'm going to refer to as Ding Chavez. If you don't know who Ding Chavez is, if you've watched some of the Tom Clancy uh, movies from the past, like Clear and Present Danger*, have you read any of the books by Tom Clancy? Ding Chavez is is one of John Clark's and uh, Jack Ryan's friends. And and protectors. He's he's a ex like marine or, or army guy. Anyways, and then you have Sarge, and then you have new guy or FNG. Um, when I'm was as I'm watching the show, um, this is just suggestions because you know we watch a lot of movies. Yes, um, don't fall into the typical move, war movie trope, which is um, when you have guys constantly at each other's throats what's going on in this film is um it's it's a a team of four basically four or five and they have to go and survey a an enemy camp okay and that's how it starts off and new guy has only been in has only been in for two months it seems he was shipped out to another another post in the North and then he was, sh- and then he moved to this new place. Yeah. Now, obviously like some things it's low budget, amateur supposed to be, but like I said, if you watch it, you have to forgive some things cause they're on a limited budget. Yeah. And some of those things are location. First and foremost, it's obvious that they're in California. <laughs> Secondly, it's obvious they're in someone's house. Thirdly, they're driving around in a Jeep, a Jeep Cherokee. Okay. And, and again, Budgets and things like that. So forgiving those things because you have to forgive those minor things. Um, terrorists don't use Jeeps just to let these guys know. They drive around in Toyota trucks uh, for future reference. Secondly, shotguns are for close combat. Okay? They're for breaching doors and for uh, uh, close encounters.
0: Yeah, with also, with also multiple targets.
1: Yeah, well, m- mostly breaching doors. Um, it's, it's, it's for, yeah, it's for close up combat, um, crowd control, yeah, crowd control, things like that. So when, when one of the guy when, when shotgun Joe was roaming around in the backwoods with a shotgun out, you know, the, because of scatter, his, the effect of a shotgun is not good. And especially if it's sawed off, if it was sawed off shotgun. It's even closer range. Yep. So you're not going to be as effective. He should be walking around. With a shotgun in his backpack for breach, and he should be walking around with a machine gun instead. But that's and, and the, these these are the things that if you if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a war movie has to be done. Secondly, uh, don't fall into the trap of new guy coming in and angry guy getting on new guy for not even being in combat. <laughs> that happens in almost every war movie, and it's a pit that you can't get out of because it's fake conflict. Don't don't cause fake conflict. Make it a, make it a little bit real. I understand that again. These are non-professional kids that are trying to trying to build a career. Yeah. But it's this is again, this is just suggestions. Um, when you have two friends, use that as the conflict. When you have the new guy, have him make mistakes. You know, and use that as the conflict, but don't use just because he's the new guy, you know, all of a sudden he's the dick, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, you're new guy. And, and you've obviously, you you've never been in combat before. You've been in for two months. You've never been in combat. Well, it, it just, it doesn't allow you to go off into different places when you're making these types of movies. Because when you have that conflict, now it's expected. Yeah. (laughs) Um, To compare it with a lot of other – to compare it with Kevin Smith and watching Mallrats, I was watching Mallrats, and my God, the difference between Mallrats and Clerks and Kevin Smith's other stuff is verbosity. If you watch Mallrats, it is so layered with a lot of fucking language. Yeah. Meaning, like when you see TS going into it, oh, you know, why don't you two do this? And blah 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 blah, you know, I don't need no heavyweight, you know, big word, big word, big word, big word. And I think that's where part of the Mallrats uh, movie failed is the fact that you have these monologues going on that were so wordy, yeah, that just turned a lot of people off. Because I had to watch, I, I, I like Mallrats. I had to watch it twice, you know. Seriously, yeah, I watched it and then I turned it off because I just I didn't want to deal with it because it was just too much. How long ago was that? Like last night and the night before. Shit. And then last night I watched it again because it was on, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can weather through this. Yeah. Because like, if you watch the the Jay and Simon Bob parts, funny. And you watch the um.
0: Fly fat ass fly.
1: God damn it! That part is so funny, especially when he he's he's on that dolly. And, and it's a side shot of his mm-hmm. face, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, and he's got this fucking look on his face, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm going to do this. Like, this grim determination. And it makes me laugh. It's fucking hilarious.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, the, the, the fucking stink palm thing. It, it, I love the stink palm. Yeah. Um. Michael Yonder. Rooker.
1: Yeah, Michael Rooker.
0: Oh, fuck, dude. When he's licking the chocolate off his fingers, it's and just-
1: And Rooker is so good in this movie. Yes, he is. But- the 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 problem that I have is the guy that plays TS, and the lines that he delivers are forced.
0: He he's acting. Which he's one's not being TS?
1: Brody's friend.
0: Oh, okay. The the main character. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, Jason London, I think it is.
1: And he's he's in this role. He, he's not like he's not trying. He's not trying
0: to be natural. Uh, he's just he's acting. Huh. I never. I, you know what? I, okay. It's and it's awful. I, you it's know what, fucking terrible. I, I think because I pay more attention to uh, Jason Lee's character, Brody. Right. And you know everyone else. I love like Joy and Adams, where she's changing in the, you know, in the thing and the um and just Ben Affleck's fucking. But but
1: the acting throughout the whole thing is consistently bad. Yeah. For whatever reason, and maybe because they're young. I mean, um,
0: Universal maybe rushed the project. I,
1: whatever. Jason Lee was fine. Yeah. Because he's natural. Ben Affleck was fine. Shannon Dory was fine. But the guy that played T.S. and the guy that played uh, Rooker's daughter,
0: yeah, they weren't... You don't like Claire Flawani? Claire mm. Flawani. She's one of those actors when I was a teenager I had a crush on. Great.
1: So <laughs> she in Mall Rat she can't act act her way out of a bag. Yeah, that's and, um
0: Like the part where they're doing the dating game thing, huh? Like when she's trying to talk to him. Yeah, and,
1: it's just all pausing. It's a lot of pausing. Like she's trying to remember her words instead of... Again, she's trying to act instead of just being natural.
0: Suitor number one.
1: Well, when she's talking to joey lauren adams yeah you know that whole scene right there but most of the stuff with ts is this this you know he goes into this uh, this fake machismo bullshit blah 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 and yeah. he has to do this fucking huge amount of dialogue where he could have said why don't you guys knock it off what, what is your fucking bullshit like when they're in line when when the when when um brody goes what the hell's going on over there yeah you know and they're all in line for Stan Lee comic signing, right? Yeah. And there's that there's that conflict. You tell him Steve, Dave, you know, with Walt Flanagan and whatever else, and you and fucking TS goes into this whole amount of bullshit. It was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like part of it is Kevin Smith's fault for writing such dialogue. Yeah. And he's obviously gotten better, right? I mean, the next movie was fucking killer, but. For some reason, Mall Rats just seems to be... It
0: was amazing.
1: Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> just saying... it saying...
1: <laughs> dick. All day, every day. All day. Every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to get at with wild cards is, long story short, is don't fall into that. Yeah. Don't fall into the verbose things. Act it out. When you're typing the script, if you're working with somebody, act it out. Because if you're not acting it out, you won't know if it sounds natural or not. or have
0: one of the guys that you know that are, that's in the show act it out with you. Dude, you went so long. We went so long into mall rats that I totally forgot we were even talking about this. Yeah anyways, <laughs> Goddamn. So wild cards, I've only watched a little bit
1: of it, so I'm just giving a brief a yeah. brief rundown of wild cards, which is I got to the part where they're driving along and they stop and get out of the car. And they actually give an explanation of why they're driving in a quote unquote piece of shit Jeep. Which is fine. It works. But again, don't go into fake conflict. Fake conflict will ruin your film faster than anything. And it will make people turn it off. Make it real or at least as real as as possible. Make mm-hmm. it plausible. Make it feel like it's it's getting to that conflict instead of creating conflict at the beginning over nothing or bullshit yes and then continuing that conflict on (laughs) and the easiest way to do that is new guy continually fucks up until it comes to a head that's really what you do all right stranger things (laughs)
0: nice
1: you know i i waited and waited and waited to watch stranger things i didn't i wasn't really sure if i wanted to watch it yeah but I kept hearing a lot of fucking good things about it, and people would say when people start talking to me about it, have you watched Stranger Things?
0: <laughs> like, it's, no. it's like it's like the Breaking Bad for a new time.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, it's the water cooler show, dude. Like no, no, I haven't. And they're like why? Why would you watch Stranger Things? Like I don't have fucking time to watch Stranger Things. I got a million things going on. I got five fucking thousand podcasts going on. A movie review. I got to write this and that because Joe can't write. And blah 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 I blah, suck. blah. I I always blame Joe for everything. My suckery sucks. <laughs> yeah, Joe sucks. And then I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna watch it, and <laughs> I binged the motherfucker. <laughs> I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't sitting at my computer yeah. watching it. I was fucking on the couch, yeah, watching. I'm like, oh, I could watch one more. It's yeah, it, that's, oh, I could watch one more. Yep. There you go, and it's fucking short, man. It's it's like when I used to drink. Oh, I'll have one more beer. Yeah. And then wake up with a fucking hangover. <laughs> I didn't have that much to drink. And then there's like, you know, out of out of 24, I drank 18. <laughs> hey, I'm going to make
0: four bucks in recycling.
1: <laughs> yeah. I drank 18 <laughs> beers out of 24.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll have one more.
1: <laughs> Maybe that point where it's like w- drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, Stranger Things to me is the Stand, is stand By Me meets um, other Stephen King novels. Mm-hmm. 80s novels, I should say. Which meets Steven Spielberg. Yep. 80s movies, E.T., things like that. Yeah. Close Encounter of the Third Kind, uh, which meets Alien and Halloween. It's all yeah. kind of wrapped up together. Yeah. Um, Winona Ryder plays Joyce By- Byers. She's the, mo- she's the mother of Will and Jonathan. Um, exceptionally good in the in, – she's exceptionally good in the entire series. Yeah. Um, she plays she plays a single mom who lives in – they live in Indiana,
0: right? So I think it's Illinois. I could be wrong. Indiana. And no, they live in Indiana. They named the dog Indiana. Right. i named a dog Indiana. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> the dog. You're named after the dog. I love that dog.
1: <laughs> David Harbour plays Jim Hopper. David Harbour is the new Hellboy. Yeah. He is fucking awesome in this movie, in this TV show. And what's so good about it is, like, you find out that his daughter, there's going to be spoilers in this. His daughter has died of cancer. Yeah. Okay. You don't really find out till later on how yeah. or what happened, but you find out that his daughter has died. But he's always, he's always said that his daughter's missing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because of his daughter dying of cancer, you find he's an alcoholic, you know, his wife has left him, but he's still kind of on good terms with her. Yeah. Um, and, but there's some things about it he doesn't like. So, but in the at the beginning of the of the movie, the beginning of the TV show, he's a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. He's always drinking, always doing this, smoking, and yada yada yada. Yeah. You have Finn Wolfhard, who was in It. He plays Mike Wheeler, who's the son of Karen and Ted. Karen and Ted are only married out of convenience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his mom is really cool, but his dad's kind of a douche.
0: He's a fucking. He's a he's a uh, what is he? Oblivious. He's just this oblivious fucking. Nothing. <laughs> he's a nothing. No, he's he's your atypical '80s dad. Yeah,
1: which is always you know when he gets home from work, he doesn't want to do anything.
0: Reminds me of my uncle Dan, dude. That's yeah, that how my uncle Dan was when he was at home. Yeah,
1: and you know, you know, this is, you know, you've got your two kids and your animals. They they live in a two or three story house, it's a two story house with a basement. Yeah, and then they play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, in the basement. It's just, just
0: fucking cool. I wish yeah. I I wish I had a basement. I, I I wish I had a basement. I wish I lived in a cold sack. You know, all those things. I, I do. Awesome.
1: I'm cutting you off because we're trying to do a review here.
0: But wish I had an attic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have Millie Bobby Brown who's, who plays L11, who's a young girl with psychokinetic abilities, wh- who sets off the entire events by, dis- by escaping from Hawkins Laboratories. Yeah. Okay. And she has really no, no vocabulary at the beginning of the movie. Yeah Are you okay?
0: Yeah I just fucking scratched my nose And I ended up fucking stabbing it Nice Well it felt like I took a chunk off But I didn't
1: So when we when we meet Elle She she walks into a bar or Not a bar I'm sorry a, Diner a, Like a diner Like a fast food place just, An old
0: Yeah It just pissed me off Yeah It fucking it, pissed me it, off and, and
1: the dude that's there Helps yeah. her and everything else Yeah And he makes a phone call And then Yeah And then the, the men in black show up And ace that dude and that, and that yeah, guy you're would right.
0: A great fucking character on that show, dude. You
1: are absolutely right because he was a friend of the sheriff Hopper, right? Yeah. And what the problem, the the problem with the with the TV series is it has no issue killing people off. Yeah. But it always kills off like some of these great side
0: characters. Fuck yeah! It's just like when uh, I was watching Luke Cage first season. Frankie Faison, he's running the uh, the barber shop, right? And they make it look like he's going to be this staple. For for Luke Cage's character, for the you know like his like his emotional support, right? And and then he fucker dies like in the first like two or three episodes, man. And it right. was like, what the fuck are you doing? This is a great character, right? You know, I, look, I understand that you you kill off a good character to make an impact on the main one, but god damn it, pick and choose, motherfucker.
1: All right, so you have Gatton Matarazzo who plays Dustin. He's one of Will's friends. He's the kid that doesn't ha- that he has a lisp. Yeah, he is. Uh,
0: Cleidocrani
1: cranial. Kleidocranial. Yeah, cranial, Yeah. Uh dysplasia, which causes an elys. He's missing the front his te- his front teeth. Um, and he's a smart ass. He's fucking he's fucking intelligent. He's like super intelligent.
0: Yeah, there's so many things about him you can make a lisp.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice. You have Lucas Sinclair, uh, he's also one of Will's friends. He's wary of eleven but later befriends her. He's the black kid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to say it because nobody token. knows. He's token. Yeah, he's but, but he's not. Yeah, he's, no, no, I like that. I like that he's not token. This is fucking
0: not... it. This is Mike Stephen Hanlon? King's it. It's like he's Mike Hanlon.
1: But in the 80s, you know, with yeah. a couple of reversals. Yeah, yeah, he's Mike Hanlon. You have Nancy who is, you know, uh, um, um, Mike's sister. Yeah. And she's one of these people that strives to be popular. Mm-hmm. But isn't he, she's like she's in limbo when it comes huh. to the whole hierarchy of things? She's yeah. like right in the middle. Everybody likes her, but doesn't care. Yeah, you know. And then she becomes um, the the jock of, of the school's girlfriend, Steve Harrington. Yeah. And then you you he's a kid that you love to hate, uh-huh. the Steve Harrington guy. Um, at first, no, all the time it's my oath even for the whole first season for the whole first for, for the whole first and second season. He's one of those guys that you don't know what he's going to do and then what he does
0: surprises the shit out of you. Yeah. To because me, he's not the atypical jock character. To me, he's like the Cedric Diggory of the show where he's he's <laughs> like you're a little worried of him at first because he might be a douche, but then he starts No, to, he's a complete douche. And then he acts like a douche, but then he makes up for it, and then he then he goes back to acting he, like a douche. I mean, he, the, my, it has I didn't nothing have, to do with Cedric I didn't Digger. have a I didn't have a lot of problem with his character because he wasn't as douchey as he could have been. Like he, oh, or, like oh like,
1: every, oh, like so breaking the fucking guy's camera. Yeah, okay, yes. Or but, but, beating or, or having his friends fucking spray paint the signs in you know on the theater. Man, he
0: was pissed about that, no,
1: but he didn't stop him.
0: And he was yeah, okay I with them. Confronted them
1: about it. No, he didn't. He didn't confront them until. Until uh, uh, buyers came up and said, "Knock it off! or I'm going to beat the shit out of you," and then he was, then he had a problem with uh, it.
0: What I'm saying is that if he was more of a bad person, he would have done worse than that. Like for example, when he busted the camera, he would have beat the shit out of him as well. Or, or no, that's not know. true. He 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 did what he 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 broke the camera,
1: and and then there was a, a fight about to start until that got broken up, and then so him. You and his,
0: so you don't see any redemptive. Quality let me finish. At
1: all? Let me finish. And then him and his friends spray paint the fucking theater mm-hmm. and no matter what you say he didn't stop them oh he didn't like it so what he didn't stop them in fact he was kind of egging them on well and then and then they're in the alley still doing it yeah and he's sitting there laughing then buyers tells him to knock it off he's like what are you gonna do about it, dick you know and then they get into a fight. there's, there's no look.
0: There's look, look, no look. He kind of reminds me of the Jake character from 16 Candles where he's no Jake. He, he's done Wait, wait, wait. Look, no. Keep on. Not even close. I said like. I didn't say is. Okay. There's similarities where he's the most popular guy. He's done all this. He's already had all the fun. He's banged multiple chicks and now he's ready to kind of, you know, you know, like he's to be with Nancy, he's ready to like change a little bit, you know. No. And, Dude, I'm sorry you don't see it that way. No. I do. No. He's not even... No. You, I don't see no. it that way. I don't. No. I, he's, see, he's, I see the character have redemptive qualities, and he... But he's you're not letting me person. finish. You're
1: doing the review for me. Let me do my review. He's not like any of those characters. He's not like Cedric Diggory. He's not like the guy from 16 Candles. He's a, this guy is, is not the atypical fucking jock slob. He has his moments where he's a complete dick, and then what what's even better about it, and what makes him a realistic character, is that he's with his friends when they're doing the, when they're spray painting, and then he realizes that he's being an asshole. So he decides that he's going to help. You know, he feels guilty about it, and he got he got what was coming to him. He got his ass beat. Yeah, and <clears throat> then later on, as he's talking with Nancy, I, won't get, I don't want to get into season two. Later on, as he's talking to Nancy. He realizes he, he still he still has feelings for her. He doesn't know too much about this buyers guy. You know the adult the the older buyers brother. Yeah. But he's okay with them. They're just not
0: fucking droopy eyes. Yeah, they're yeah. not friends or anything. He he reminds me of Bill Hader. His fucking eyes are. With, <laughs> I just see druggy when I see his fucking droopy ass eyes like that. Cool. She Reminds me of fucking dopehead. So he looks like Bill Hader is what he looks like. I, oh, I don't see that. But
1: okay. He's. You stand them right next to each other. They could be father and son, literally. Um, that's what I like about his character. You like to hate him, but he turns out to be a good guy. Yeah. But he's it's a realistic character because he's got faults. Yeah. You know, and when when you first see him, and he's having a party at his house and drinking and all this other stuff. You're like, oh, complete typical fucking jock douchebag. Yeah. And then as the season goes along, you're like, okay, I can, I can get behind this guy. And then you have, uh, let's well, say Jonathan Byers is who it is.
0: Yeah, I didn't like how he was one-note, you know. He he could have been that one-note jock, and he wasn't.
1: Yeah, and Jonathan Byers is kind of a one-note character at the beginning. Um, he's kind of like a loner, loser, emo, douche. Yeah. And and you see why people don't care for him or like him, because he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't want to belong, you know. He's got his own problems, but. Jonathan's the
0: one I met with the droopy eyes.
1: Right. By the way, yeah. And then you have uh, uh, you know, Karen who... Oh, Matthew Modine. This is the biggest surprise. I don't like Matthew Modine as an actor. <laughs> I can't stand him.
0: Not even in Married to the Mob?
1: He was terrible in most of the things in my opinion. Okay. In um, Married to the Mob he was actually pretty good. In this, fucking phenomenal. He plays a character that is so outside of what he normally does yeah. that for him to play a secretive fucking Stephen King type lab guy or, or corporate guy. Yeah. You know, he could have
0: ran the Firestarter program.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that
0: he wants to, he means well, but ends up not doing well. know, yeah, Pretty much. He, he's going to get to where he needs to get to no matter what. Right. You know, if he has to break some eggs, then he's going to break them.
1: Yeah. He's manipulative.
0: Yeah. Um, he's very cold towards 11
1: right and you know and she calls him papa um the whole first season of of this tv show is and some people don't like it and that's fine you can go fuck yourselves um <laughs> the whole first season if you don't if if you watch this this tv show and you don't get it you have to watch something wicked this way comes you have to understand where this tv show is coming from yeah. in that in those terms and and Halloween, mm. you know, the original John Carpenter's Halloween, Halloween one and Halloween two, you know, because there are scenes at night when they're walking in the streets and it's very reminiscent yeah. of, of all that with the fog coming in with the, the way that the, um, the teens are walking on the track, stand by me, yeah. completely stand by
0: me. Yeah. Um, there's times where I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> the 80s movie vibe. I don't even know what movie it is, but I'm getting it while I'm watching certain scenes. Yeah, and and all of it is
1: very early 80s Disney, you know, not did I'm not saying Disney, you know, the cartoon stuff. I'm talking Disney like something wicked this way comes Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, before it went to Touchstone films. To which mountain? Yeah, um, uh, close encounters of a third kind, Firestarter, Carrie. Yeah. All this stuff. Everything about this, every scene is detailed out. And, very storyboarded, and and the way that it's done is so impressive and so well done. And characters that are in season one that you don't see very often, you just hear, you see like a glimpse of them, are important in season two. Yeah, uh, season three is going to start next year, later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to jump forward in time, apparently. But is this is a highly recommended series? Watch it, watch it again, watch the behind the scenes stuff, watch as much as you can because <laughs> these two guys that have created it, the Duffer brothers, yeah. have done such a great job of capturing the 80s, Yeah, you know, and not just, and it's not just, oh, the look, you know, oh, they have the 80s cars and this and that, Yeah, bikes, the kids ride their bikes everywhere. Yeah they're all over town they're they're 12 13 years old yep and they're going in the backwoods and riding around and and they live in Indiana so it's a small town Mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody so you don't have to worry about it there are no cell phones every phone call is the phone rings for like 30 minutes there there's Mm -hmm. one of the funniest scenes in in season two is Dustin calls he's like he walks up to uh, um, uh, Mike's house Mike and and his sister yeah and he not and he rings the doorbell he knocks on the door and mike's mom is on the phone and she she has to yell to her husband to <laughs> to answer the door he yeah. finally gets up and answers the door he's like is mike here he's like no and then he goes like where's mike And she's like at will's you know and 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 dustin is just like well i've been trying to call you for the last 30 minutes <laughs> and the phone has been busy for 30 minutes yep you know <laughs> And then, and then, and then you know, the dad goes, well, you know, the kids basically just don't live here anymore. So um, one's at Will's and one's at her other friends Yeah. And and then Dustin just looks at him and goes, son of a bitch. You know, you really have been no help to me at all. <laughs> As he's walking off, he's just going on this fucking rant. And, and the dad looks out and goes, language. He's like, yeah, oh, I don't even care. You, you know, I come over here and you need no help and you suck and this and that and the other thing. Gets on his bike and just fucking goes away. Yeah, you know. But that's one of the funniest scenes because this Dustin kid like literally has no filter,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. Yeah, and and that's that's what really sets it apart. Netflix is. When, when they latch on to a good series, yeah. they latch on to a good series. It's House of Cards and Daredevil Season 1 and 2 and The Punisher, which I still haven't finished yet, but we're getting into that. So,
0: Did you watch the David Harbour um, auditioning <laughs> for the role of Eleven? Nope. F- funny. Nope, I haven't. It's good, yeah. Anyway, all right, I'm glad you like it, man. Yeah,
1: so it was good. So, And if you get a chance, uh, YouTube, Broke College Kids, um, BCK Productions. And Or just look up uh, BCK Wild Cards and uh, check it out. They've already got at least the first episode up, um, plus the trailer, plus they have a couple of other things that they're working on, and go from there.
0: All right. All right. All right. So uh, all right, that's all we got for this one. Yes. All right. So Flick of the Week, Joe Spiegel. Mike. All right. Escape.
1: <laughs> Good shot. Oh, jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches.
0: <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of And please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. <laughs> hmm.
1: This is the end. Oh, it's the end. Finito! the end, I tell you. We're all going.
0: Or go fuck yourself. Out.